give it up for the Lord. You know, as we worship, I'm, I'm in the back and I'm watching and I'm seeing men just lift their hands up. And how many of y'all know this world needs you, men? Look at your someone next to you and say, this world needs you. No, mean it. This world needs you because God's kingdom needs to be advanced. Well, you guys can take a seat. Reload, what's up? Ricky, they're not awake yet, man. Reload, what is up? How are you guys doing this morning? That is awesome. You know, it's been a while since I've been here. Most of you guys know I've transitioned uh, to advance God's kingdom and continue to do what he has to do. So I look around, I'm like, man, there's a lot, of not, a lot of new faces that I don't remember from just like three months ago. Raise your hand if you don't know who I am. Just like raise your hand, and it's okay. That's a skip, stop, stop, skip. <laughs> so a few of you guys, my name is Jesse Cabrera. I'm not Ricky Long, so I just want you guys to know that. We get confused a lot. It's all good. <laughs> and we're thankful for that. No, we're not. <laughs> yeah, Ricky. No, and uh, I, I was the former children's pastor here. Uh, and I handed the baton off to Pastor Jason Townsend over there. He's the man. And <laughs> come on, Jason. And now I'm continuing on, still working with the Generations area at LifeWest Church. And uh, that's Pastor Samuel Vanderklok's church. Oh, that's Dwayne's son. Um, and it's been such a great journey. Uh, but let me tell you something. It feels good to be back. It really does. There's just no place like home. I'm grateful for Pastor Tom Smith. I'm grateful for Tim Gilly, Pastor Tim Gillio and what all you guys get to experience. And so I'm just honored to be back and really just share something that God put in my heart. Uh, and I'm really excited. Uh, before we get started, let's pray, though. Lord, I just thank you right now for every single one of these men, including myself, Father, in this room, Lord. Jesus, this is your time. We are postured. We are ready, Father God, to receive what you have for us, Father God. Lord, just challenge our hearts. Give us what we need. In Jesus' name we pray. And we all say, amen. amen. It is healthy. I'm going to say it again. It is healthy for us to evaluate our hearts, probably on a daily basis. You know, we call it devotion. We call it reading our Bible. But I'm talking about something a little bit more deeper than that. I'm talking about what walking with God really looks like. And as I was preparing and getting ready for a message, um, I had an image. And I'm going to share the image. Some of y'all might laugh. Uh, some of you guys might be like, whoa. But I'm just going to take a step of faith and just share what I believe God showed me. And then we're going to dive right in. Can I do that, men, this morning? Is that cool? Awesome. Okay, so as I'm just kind of preparing this about a week ago, I saw an image um, of a man, none of you men, no, no one specific that I knew or I can identify and put a name to. It was just a man. And this man had a belly on him, okay? He had a real big belly on him. And he was sitting on a chair, reclined, and his feet was on like a table or a desk. And he was sipping coffee. And didn't know what that meant. At first I thought, okay, let me pray for somebody. Maybe someone is needing prayer for the moment. But I started hearing God's spirit or God's heart uh, speak to my heart about men in general. And he talked about laziness and lethargicness when it comes to prayer life. And I started challenging myself. And then he brought me back to Genesis. And, man, I kind of preaching to the choir here. What did Adam do every morning with God? Say it louder. Yeah, he walked with the Lord. And that's when I heard God tell me too many people are comfortable 
claiming to be Christians, claiming to pray, but kicking their feet up and not walking with me. And that challenged, first of all, me, and I believe God wants me to challenge you guys as well. And so what we're going to do is we're going to dive in and we're going to question ourselves because we need to do that. We're going to question ourselves. We're not going to point fingers. We're not going to say, oh, yeah, that person is that fat dude. No, 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 we're not going to do any of that. We're going to challenge our own hearts because God wants us to take the finger and do this. Let's, let's check if we're walking. You see, I brought two Bibles up here. And the reason why I brought two Bibles, I got quite a few of them, but these are my two favorite ones. This one's my very first Bible. I, uh, when I became a believer, it was a gift to me uh, by my wife. Um, and we went to Bible school. I had this for Bible school. Um, it's really one of the first Bibles I've I, the first Bible I ever owned, and it's just, it's something that I just cherish and keep. It's an NIV translation. Maybe a lot of you guys have a Bible that's just, that you cherish. You raise your hand if you do. If you have a Bible, like, this is the Bible I'm never getting rid of. Um, but then I have another Bible called the Translator's New Testament, Bi- New Testament Bible. I love this Bible because it dissects the word in its original language, and it brings it back to English. It's got a glossary uh, de- definition. For instance, you know, the English language of love Uh, I love my dog, I love cheeseburgers, and I love my wife. I mean, you can use that same word, but we know that levels of love are different. Well, this translator, New Testament, actually dissects that and talks about the three three different types of love that's out there versus my loving my wife and then loving a cheeseburger. They're two different levels, right? And so I love these because y'all been at all-you-can-eat buffet? Y'all, come on. Don't, no, 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 come on. Y'all been in an all-you-can-eat buffet? Anybody gone to Tokyo Grill lately? I'm just saying that place is the bomb, okay? I, I love, I love uh, buffets when there's a variety of food, not just like, oh, cool, pizzas, and here's pepperoni, and here's meat lovers, and here's cheese. No, I'm talking about like, oh, there's Mexican food. Oh, there's Asian food. Oh, there's oh, burgers over here and pizza over there. I mean, it's a buffet, and what do we typically do, men, when we walk down that buffet? Okay, let me, I'll, I'll put it for myself. What I typically do when I walk down that buffet, I'm like, ooh, yeah. Ooh, yeah. And I love mixing the cultures up, right? And, and if you guys know what I'm talking about, I'll have fries and I'll have spaghetti with the fries. It's just, to me, it just goes together. But as we observe and we go, we create this nice little meal and we enjoy and we fellowship. And the reason why I'm using that as an example is because when I look at my, my scriptures and I look at Bible, I, I was just asked earlier today by, by, I forgot who it was this morning, um, talking about translations. I love to see and dissect, okay, God, how do you want to deliver it? Because we are so opinionated about this is the right translation. Well, this is the right translation. Well, ESV is better than NIV or NLT makes more sense than whatever. And I'm like, how about we just dive into it? Let the spirit talk to us through the scriptures that he gives us. And so for me, it's a buffet. So if I'm reading Matthew and I'm, I'm watching Jesus give his teachings on the mountain, I'm going to read like five different translations and dissect it all and really just let that sink into my heart. And so I bring out my Bibles, and going back to what I was saying, I bring my Bibles out because a lot of times I've prayed without getting in my word. Hear me out. I've gone into my prayer closet and I haven't got into my word. And as much as I love getting into prayer, there are times where I feel like it was dry or it just didn't go where I thought it was going to go. And I've realized scriptures 
need to be a part of our prayer life. It's actually what births our prayer life. How did you guys know that prayer is walking with God according to the book of Genesis? Because you read it. Because you've seen it. Because you've allowed the scriptures to bring that alive. I can, I can quiz you on other things. Did Jesus teach us how to pray? Yes or no? Yes. He has. How do you know? By solely going in the word of God. Because when you look at scripture, you'll see that Jesus gave us the motto. Actually, Jesus gave us an expectation to pray. Because when you read the Beatitudes in Matthew 5 and 6, and if you want, if you want homework, then Matthew 5, chapter 5, Matthew chapter 6, read those. Watch how Jesus taught. And you'll see that Jesus says, uh, Jesus says that when you, when you give, when you fast, and when you pray. So these are not do we do it or not. These are expectations by the Lord that he gave us so that we can have this life. And going back to the image that I just told you guys about uh, having that vision of, of the man kicking up his feet. And I realized that God wanted me to understand that true prayer, having a prayerful life, true prayer is walking with God. Activated prayer is walking with God. That's where he wants us to go. And we have to measure ourselves. I measured myself. And I asked myself this question. I challenge you guys to ask yourself. When I pray, is my prayers routine? I say the same thing over. When I pray, is my prayers redundant and I'm feeling bored and tired and I'm yawning through it? Or when I pray, is my prayers giving me revelation by God? And it was a good measuring stick for me to have. And so today, man, I want to challenge us. Let's talk a little bit about prayer life. Let's talk about us being men, whether we're husbands, fathers, brothers, uncles, or friends. And let's dive in and check our own selves. How are we doing in our prayer life? I have an accountability partner. That's a, it's a, a dude, a good friend of mine. And he's asking me constantly, how's, how's prayer life going? And what are you learning and how are you growing? And that has been a, such a transformation in my life because I have someone that's holding me accountable to my prayer life. You look at Moses in the Exodus, the book of Exodus, you'll see that when he walked with Israel through the desert, he constantly was with God. Now, his attitude got the best of him at times. His anger got the best of him. But he walked with God. And God in dry deserts performed his miracles. Well, we have one up on Moses today because we're not just walking with God. We have the spirit of God in us. Everyone say, I got the spirit. See it? Like, say it like you mean it. Say, I got the spirit. And that spirit came with a purpose. It was a gift to you, but it came with the purpose. The first thing I want you to understand is this, before I start diving into scripture. The first thing I want you to understand is this. God has deposited his power in you. God has deposited his power in you. One more time. God has deposited his spirit and his power in you. Which means when you go back to your scriptures and you see the things that God did, you have that in you. You have that life in you. He says it's like a spring of living water that bubbles up. Because there's so many forms of prayer 
But when you tap into the spirit of God, understanding that God has God wants me to be baptized in his spirit to speak and be a witness. There's just a it's a it's a whole new level. It's a whole new thing in life. So God has deposited his spirit and his power in you so that you can be effective in your life. See, when God says when God says there's sick people, he doesn't say just go pray for them. He says, go heal them, go heal them. A person of understanding and that walks with God will walk up to a person, lay their hands on them, and they would be healed. Can I share a story with you guys? Is that cool? Yeah, is that cool? Quick story, quick story. So about 2017, 2018, I, I, I've been operating. I'm learning about the Spirit of God. I've heard stories. But there was one day where my grandma was in a hospital. And I'll give you a highlighted version because there's a lot of details. And if you want to know, I can talk to you on the side. But for time's sake, let me give you the highlight. She flatlined at the hospital. There was a complication with her heart. She was 68 years old, and she flatlined, which means she went to cardiac arrest. And I remember walking in the hospital to visit her, and right when I got there, alarms in the hallway just went off. And maybe you guys know what I'm talking about. When there's, there's an emergency like that, every alarm goes off on the floor. Every doctor, every – I mean, I'm talking like – I thought I was watching a race happen, like 20 people sprinting to a room. Not realizing it was my grandmother's room, I looked down, and I can see my sister, and she uh, is just has this stunned face. And as I'm looking at her, she's freaking out. I, that's when I realized, oh, no, that's my grandma's room. So I run down the hallway, and I could not get in the room – Technically, they're not allowed, um, no one's allowed in the room during those moments. But I could see through the crack of the door, my grandma just laying there, and they started resuscitating her. They had the, the mask on her, they're trying to make her breathe again. She just straight up flatlined and died. And I, at that moment, it, it's, a, it's a blur, but what I do remember is a nurse grabbing my hand and drawing me into the room. For what reason, I don't know. And I remember my flesh was just taking over. Can I be honest? I was scared. I didn't know what to do. Everything I have learned was, wasn't even in my radar anymore. But now I'm in the room, and about 10 to 15 minutes of just trying to bring her back to life, they just couldn't do it. And I remember just, like, praying in the spirit, just in my language, just praying, going back and forth, even thinking in my head, am I even doing the right thing? Do I need to do something? But I just prayed because that's all I could do. And then they called it. They stopped. And they said, we're going to transport her to the next room. Let's call it. They gave up. They were done. And I remember grabbing my head saying, what in the world just happened? Like, there's no way. And the spirit just rose up in me. This is not Jesse's intellect. This was the spirit. This was Jesse in his weakest, weakest moment ever and didn't know what to do, felt lost. But the spirit of God rose up because of my prayer time with the Lord. And I remember grabbing her hand, falling to my knees, because I could see her hand just on limp, uh, hanging off the bed, and between two nurses. And I remember falling on my knee, grabbing her hand, and these words came out of my mouth. I didn't rehearse them. I didn't think about them. They just, they just naturally came out. And I said, I said, death, release her now. Heart, beat now. I'm telling you, the moment I said now, the doctor goes, we have a pulse. And she came back to life. We just celebrated her 74th birthday. It's just, it's, it's amazing. It's amazing what God can do 
And that's the true testimony that I have that I would share. I'm getting chills just rethinking about it, trying not to get emotional about it. But my grandma, I asked her, what was your, what was your experience, grandma, about a year later? She's like, I saw angels. Like, it was so cool. But since then, my grandma wanted to know more about the, the spirit of God. She was hungry about the Holy Spirit until still today is living and doing her thing. And we still have years with her. Why did I share that story? Because prayer matters in our life. Every day, it's a commute. It's not a ritual or a tradition or, or this is how the cookie cutter way we need to do it. It's just simply walking with God. Man, I know we work. We got to go to work. Some of us commute. I've commuted for years to, to here and back from Holland. We got to take advantage and be creative with our time with the Lord. Because the purpose of this is being alone with him. See, Adam walked to be alone. Jesus walked to be alone. Because in that secret place, that's where God gives you revelation. And if we're stuck in routine and, 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 and redundancy and, and all this and not, not getting revelation, then my, my question and my challenge is this. Are you taking time alone with God? Or are you fitting God in a busy schedule? Because there's a difference. There is a difference. And the reason why this is such an urgency in my heart is because there is a world out there that needs, needs ambassadors and needs Christ followers and needs to be fearless and ready to minister to the word of God. I've been caught in it too many times, but I've been too busy before. I've, I've come up with reasoning of, sorry, God, I didn't get with you. And then I've, I've reasoned and tried to create my own self, and I would watch like three episodes of The Chosen and feel like, okay, I'm with God now. And that ain't true. <laughs> Watching three episodes of The Chosen is not walking with God. That's lazy. What you just did was you sat down, you kicked your feet up, and you sipped some coffee saying, I'm praying to God right now. Who? Come on. It is urgent, men, that when we're with God, we're on our knees, interceding for people, not just for families, our families and our kids and our wives, but for the world. Check this out. I don't know about you, but I have you version, and we get the verse of the day. And in worship, while Bruce is leading worship, my phone goes off. And Luke chapter 6, verse 27 through 28 says, But to you who are listening, I say, love your enemies, do good to those who hate you, bless those who curse you, pray for those who mistreat you. Man, we don't want to pray for them in the flesh. Let's just be honest. We don't. We don't want to pray for them. But when we are in tune with what God says and we read what he says and we start walking with the Lord, we start praying for them. And we see a change. I've got one more story for you guys. 2011, we did the 21 day, days of prayer and fasting. Now, there was a man who was my father-in-law. Uh, he was the hardest man to just have a conversation with. Very opinionated. This is my wife's dad, biological dad. My, well, very opinionated, very hard-headed, stubborn um, didn't really care, just wanted total control. And at that point, I remember telling people, like, no, 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 there's one man that Jesus can't reach. Like, no, no joke. Like, and it's, it's my father-in-law. It was hard. It was a rough life for my wife growing up with her dad. 
Um, it was a rough in the beginning of our marriage because he lived in Oklahoma City. We lived in Tulsa, Oklahoma at the time, and it was just hard. And I remember going to 20, I, I'm like, I'm not praying for the dude. Like, I'm done. Like, I'm just going to try to keep, I'm just being very honest with you guys. But I remember 2011, the 21 days of prayer and fasting, my wife, Madi, had said, you know what, Jesse, I know we have a, a card. Remember the yellow cards with the list that you could put the names on? We had that, and there's like 12 names you can put on there. And she's like, I'm just going to put my dad's name on there. And that is it. Like, my 21-day mission is just my dad. And I remember her prayer was like, Lord, just bless my dad. Amen. Because he truly was an enemy to us at that moment. Lord, just bless my dad. But by day like 10, 11, my, my wife's like, Lord, I just declare right now, you know, just started praying heaven down into my father. Now, we're back in Michigan while he's in Oklahoma and we're doing this. And I remember thinking to God, like, God, don't let my wife down on this one. She really is interceding for my father-in-law. It was the 21st day of the last hour. I think it was probably, yeah, it was like 11 o'clock at night. And we go to bed. And I remember my wife specifically saying to me in bed, well, I'm not going to give up. He didn't give his life to Christ, but I'm just not going to give up. And I said, okay, good night. And then kiss her good night. And I, I, I truly did not care. I was like, told you Jesus is not going to reach him. And I ended up going to bed. Yeah, bad. Confession. Sorry. <laughs> That's just where I was at, guys. It was like I had it. I had it to hear. But I remember going to bed at 11 at night. And I think it was about 1130. I get elbowed. Boom, boom, boom. And I wake up, and it's my wife elbowing me hard. And I'm like, what is the deal? And she's crying. I'm like, what happened? And she said, I just got off the phone with my dad. He called me, and he wanted to ask for forgiveness. He had an encounter with God, and he gave his life to Christ. And I prayed for him. But that ain't even the kicker yet. We had the best seven years with him since then. In 2017, he went home with the Lord at a young age. But we get to celebrate that he went home with the Lord because of the power of prayer. I gave you two stories, two extreme stories, authority and speaking life into death situation and eternity, bringing someone from hell into heaven. All in between there, I believe the common denominator was a prayerful life. A prayerful life. Maybe you're going through something. Maybe there's someone you're interceding for. Maybe you're trying to figure things out or what do I do? My question is, have you gone truly walking with the Lord and talk with him about the circumstance or situation? Because if you haven't, that's what you're missing. I'm going to stop right now because we've got a good solid 10 minutes we're going to activate. Everyone say activate. We're going to go around our tables. We're not going to talk Detroit Lions, okay? We're not going to talk about the jobs that we're about to go to or, or some cool things I want. We are going to pray. If we can get some background music, that'd be great. We are going to pray. I never even got into my scriptures. All right, Luke chapter 24, verse 49. Check this out. Behold, I send the promise of my Father upon you. Everyone point at each other. You, 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 you. Okay? But tarry in the city of Jerusalem until you are endued. That word endued can be translated clothed. Okay? You are endued with power from on high. 
Acts chapter 1, verse 8, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you, and you will be my witness in Jerusalem and in Judea, Judea and Samaria to the ends of the earth. God has clothed you, but you got to receive it. You got to receive it. So what we're going to do is we're going to intercede with each other. Call some names out. We're going to activate the power that God gave. Is there someone sick? Well, it's, we're going to heal them right now in Jesus' name. You got that power. Is there brokenness? Come to Jesus. He's going to do something. We're just going to be active in our walk with God. Let me pray for you guys. Father, I thank you right now, Lord, for the opportunity that we have right now for the next 10 minutes that we get to come not just praying and asking, Father. We're coming with power. We're coming with authority. We're coming in the name of Jesus Christ, that whoever we're interceding for, whether it's each other on the table, whether it's loved ones or enemies, Father, that you give us power to speak into their life, to see a transformation happen, Father. We thank you for that. In the name of Jesus Christ, we pray, and we all say Amen. Let's go ahead and pray. All right, man. Continue to pray if you're still going. Uh, for those that are um, done, it is 730, but I, I do want to pray over you guys, and I want to continue this next week as well. Uh, but I want to, you're more than welcome to stay. I just want to close out service because I want to honor your guys' time as well. But let me remind you, you're called to be a light to your world. You may feel like it's a dark place. Well, then you're supposed to illuminate light. And I also want to encourage you, bring a friend here. Come back next week. You have that power to speak into somebody's life. Father, I thank you right now for every single person here, Lord. I thank you, Father, that they have been activated by you, Jesus. That they don't need to try to rehearse or perform, Father. They just have to be obedient and willing. Give us that heart while we leave these four walls. Let us not waver in our faith. Let us not waver in our attitude, but let us reflect the fruit of your spirit, Father. I speak life into this men right now that they would reach someone even today. In Jesus' name we pray. And we all say.